Hi there, wellness entrepreneur. Welcome to the Ignite Your Wellness Business Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Allison McLean, physical therapist, yoga teacher, massage therapist, coach, and owner of Ignite Your Wellness Business. On this podcast, we talk about all things body, brain, and bank account to help you achieve your version of success while having the time to embody your own wellness practices. So you practice what you teach. You enjoy life in the process. Following each episode, you'll be able to implement information from these three critical areas to grow your wellness business, your practitioner skills, so you can help your clients get the results they pay you for. Business skills, you'll learn business tactics and strategy and self-healing, so mindset work, nervous system regulation, stress reduction, Also, you can live a fulfilled life while helping more people and earning more profitable income while having fun in the process. Let's get to it. there, wellness entrepreneur. Welcome back. Before we get started today, I want to remind you of the upcoming blueprint for low back health utilizing the yoga koshas and chakra models. It's a continuing education training for certified wellness practitioners, yoga teachers, healthcare providers, coaches, and more. And it definitely relates to this week's episode where we're talking about using your yoga certification as a modality combined with, or as a standalone, but many of the wellness entrepreneurs I work with have multiple certifications, so, or degrees. So it's using yoga in combination with your health coaching certification, in combination with physical therapy license or other healthcare provider degree, there are so many benefits. And I started thinking about this because for at the end of last year, I let go of all types of coffee, which is a big deal because coffee is definitely part of my morning ritual. And I typically don't drink coffee past 10 a.m. or so. However, it is part of my morning routine. And I am using the yoga kosha layers to help myself through this big new habit pattern change and also to help process through the discomfort of detoxes from caffeine. And it just reminds me that, for example, if you are a physical therapist and you're working with people to heal their low back health or a low back issue or a disc issue or you're a health coach and you're working with someone to optimize their gut health or their hormone levels, that there's so many layers involved. And sometimes the process of getting to where the client wants to go, where your client or patient wants to go, it is uncomfortable, even though they have a big reasons as to why they want to hit their goals, to live a higher quality of life, to feel more happiness and joy, not be limited, so feel more freedom, energy, all that kind of stuff, Some, which is all positive, sometimes 
it's not so comfortable to get there. And yoga kosha layer models or using a yoga as a modality with your clients through this process can help them to enjoy life during the process. So they're not just hustling or rushing or racing to achieving a goal. Because in this way, often that delays their healing or delays their goal. And they're missing out on life in the process. And really, goal setting, whatever it is for health, for business, for personal, it's the person you become along the way. It's the journey, as they say. And yoga can really help the person embrace their journey to becoming that new self-image or new self-concept of themselves. I think where people go wrong when they first get their YTT 200 and they're excited, they love yoga, part of their own lifestyle, is they focus on the physical body, that outer layer push up. And that is beneficial and needed. For example, again, if you have someone with a low back issue, you do need to probably focus on some stretching or releasing fascia or strengthening certain muscles. As a health coach, you might need to optimize someone's nutrition and dial in on what they're eating or not eating and hydration for everything. This physical layer is important. However, I think what's missed are the four other yoga kosha or the eight limbs of yoga in a way bringing the rest of yoga into client sessions or physical therapy sessions. The focus tends to be the physical body. And again, it's needed, but you're missing out on so much more if you don't introduce the client to the remaining model. And that's what we'll talk about here in this podcast episode. So for example, if you have a client where you do need to give stretches or strengtheners, or if you're like me and you're helping a client to reduce their caffeine intake or reduce their sugar intake or change how they're eating protein or any of these things, you want it, whatever habit change in terms of the physical body, you want this to be um, part of a new lifestyle, something that fits seamlessly into their life. Eventually, at first, they might have to go through some trial and error of working that in, how does it fit into the day-to-day routine? But often the mistake I see is even a yoga teacher giving someone some yoga postures and saying, okay, go ahead and do these five exercises or make these big diet changes and go off and do that on their own. And the problem is it's uncomfortable and sometimes hard to navigate the day to day? How do you help them to fit it into their schedule? How do you help them to deal with the discomfort of feeling shifts in their body or fatigue or if they're releasing sugar, for example, process through withdrawal symptoms or caffeine? So the only way to help someone to navigate through this discomfort by carving out the extra 20 minutes or a half hour to do something which Yes, will help their health. But you think by saying this, this will help you to feel better. This will improve your health. This will improve your energy. But sometimes that's not enough. It's too future-based thinking. 
And in the moment when a client is stressed or working on their day-to-day or their children are really needing them or they're really tired or they've had a horrible day, it's natural to revert back to old patterns. So the trick to establish a new baseline or a new homeostasis is to help them, and this is the work that should be done in sessions, is help them to problem solve, okay, so what works for you in terms of exercising? Let's try it out. Let's do your exercises first thing, right when you get out of bed. Or some of my own patients and clients do their exercises first thing in bed. I know one of my new habits has been noticing my thoughts and my nervous system upon first waking. And before I move, before I even get out of bed, I check in with myself and shift whatever thoughts are needed, notice there's any tension in my body, bring my breath work into some nice diaphragmatic breathing before I even get out of bed. And I had to overcome the natural, well, these days, the urge, probably not natural or not, but the urge to check my phone. And it's uncomfortable to overcome that urge and just be with myself. But that is the key to changing a habit. For your clients and patients, you might give some great physical exercises or some wonderful nutrition advice and tips that can really benefit their life. But are you helping them to fit it in their lives? Are you helping them to troubleshoot? Oh, okay. Well, doing my exercises first thing in the morning doesn't work because I need to get my kids to school. So can you help them to shift it towards the end of the day? Or for me, because I have scoliosis, there are certain attractions and yoga and strengthening exercises that I do immediately following a walk. So if I do a 45-minute to an hour walk or a long hike with my husband or my friend, I immediately come home and take 15 minutes to do my stretches. And it's not always what I want to do. Sometimes I'm very hungry, so I want to eat. Or if I was hiking with a friend, then I come home and my daughter might need something. And so it's learning how to be disciplined in not a forceful or criticizing way, but disciplined enough to say, okay, I'm going to take the extra 15 minutes to do this right now because I can feel it in my body how my body will feel after doing these exercises versus not doing the exercises. And I might be able to get away with missing one day of the exercises, but there's a compound effect to doing exercises multiple days in a row versus missing multiple days in a row. And I've been there before where I flared myself up because I've missed too many days. So I now know the negative consequences of having them become part of my lifestyle. And when I do do them consistently, my body feels so much better. And I even feel more relaxed. I just feel taller, more energetic, and definitely have less pain. So I can use the fourth yoga kosha layer model by establishing new beliefs, by establishing new thoughts. And that helps me to establish the new patterns where I can let my hunger be there for 15 minutes, for example. Or I can help my daughter to do something independently, so then I can do my exercises for 15 minutes. Or a lot of the time, what ends up happening is she joins me. And how wonderful is that? Because she sees her mom 
taking care of herself. And she's gotten to know my rhythm over time too. So we actually have a fun little pattern amongst ourselves where either she'll get on the yoga wall first and I'll do my mat stretches or strengtheners. And then we swap. And so she learns how to show the yoga wall. We learn how to share the mat together. We learn how to breathe together. We have some great conversations. And it actually becomes a fun moment. And had I not done that at all, then I'm not creating that pattern for her. So think generational here. Think big picture. Beyond just you, the compound effect or your clients, the compound effect of having them do those stretches consistently. What impact? And what are they teaching their own children positively or not at all? So whatever physical tactic, modality, or strategy you're giving your people, make sure that you help them to implement it into their day-to-day and keep reminding them the benefits of doing this. Because in the beginning, it might be really uncomfortable. They might not feel those benefits right away. And your job as a practitioner is to hold the space for them, to believe for them that they can fit it in, that there is time, that it is possible for them to make these hard changes and they'll get through it and they'll get better, which leads to the next layer, the Panamaya layer. And this is the subtle energy body layer or the life force layer. So it's the breath work, it's the energy, it's the nervous system, it's the chakras which they might not be used to feel, or they might not think that they have time to add into their life because the shifts are subtle in the beginning where they don't recognize the impact. And it's also an area that can be missed or overlooked, especially if a client is feeling very busy and feeling very stressed and not having enough time. As a practitioner, you can suggest, for example, okay, I'm going to give you this breathwork technique, or I'm going to give you a chakra alignment meditation, or just starting your day, similar to what I do, checking in with the breath, checking in with the thoughts, checking in with chakras, noticing where they are, for example. And the client can say, oh, I don't like that type of work. It's not meaningful to me, or I don't have time for that. And as a practitioner, it could be easy to slip into people pleasing, or even have the thought, but they don't want it, and so never even offer it. And I caution you with this because these next few layers are everything. So when I did more of the physical therapy brick and mortar and I worked in more of the practitioner role, which I still do now with my business at coaching people, and I was going to say healer, which I also do now to help to release my entrepreneurs to release emotional or mental blocks or thoughts holding them back. But when people were first coming to me when I was doing my physical therapy clinic, it was often for physical pain. And they had been to so many other practitioners. Sometimes I was the eighth, ninth, tenth practitioner that they'd seen. So they'd done a good portion of the exercises. They've heard or thought they'd seen everything. But often these next layers, what were missing? Practitioners that they had done before never addressed their nervous system. So they stayed continuously in that fight or flight response, which if you're in pain is always feeling cortisol. It's always feeling that inflammatory response. And your threshold or trigger for pain is more easily stimulated. So sometimes 
a client would come in and their first couple of sessions, they'd be very surprised because I said, oh, actually, the exercises you're doing are great. And I usually would fine tune a few things, either just on how they're doing the exercises or often a scoliosis was missed. So I might individualize exercises a bit more to account for their curvature or often mistake I used to see was the core work being overdone in all these fancy ways when they're missing the true foundational core layers. So often I wouldn't change much on the exercise itself, but more of how they're doing the exercise, which again goes back to that physical layer, really working into the details. But then I would add nervous system components and usually just one layer at a time. So it wouldn't feel too much often either a breathwork technique or a restorative pose to work with the nervous system. And education is so important here because in our busy society, it's hard to tell someone to lie down and do nothing for five to 10 minutes. They don't understand the true value of that. So I would go into educating them a lot on the nervous system, its impact on hormones, its impact in fascia, its impact in pain levels and all the things. So think about it right now for your people, for the goals that your people want to achieve. How can working with the nervous system, how can introducing breathwork techniques benefit them? Write it down. Write down all the benefits and get practice in saying that so you can overcome the resistance and the objections of what your clients might say. And you can help them to fit this work their lifestyle. It doesn't have to be an hour-long restorative practice either. It can be just one or two poses, five to ten minutes, maybe twenty, or doing ten minutes, one restorative pose, and one breathwork technique for a few minutes. Something simple and easy, but educating to them why it's important. And it is, even if you're a health coach that focuses on gut health or helping the people to lose weight. I mean, myself, I know that when I am shifting now through my caffeine change, when I help to lose weight following pregnancy, restorative poses were key to helping release and shed that extra weight with ease because it allowed my body to come into its natural rhythms or optimize instead of always being in that fight or flight response driving everything. Or for my patients or myself as well with low back pain, how when I'm stressed, it's easier for me to feel more pain and feel that my body's out of whack and more sore and I feel low energy. And it's easier to slip into what I call the Eeyore mentality. So even though this is called the subtle energy body, it really, when done consistently, leaves bigger impact in their lives, which leads me to the next layer, the emotional layer. And even if you're not a psychologist, especially though, if you're a coach and a yoga practitioner, you want to work with emotional and mental well-being and know when to refer out to psychologists and bring them on board and work as a team because this work really does complement each other. And when we come down to this layer, it is the work that will change lives. But it's hard to say that to someone who is maybe an 8 out of 10 pain or they've been so constipated for so long that they don't have natural good gut health rhythm. 
Because here's the thing, most of the time your clients, your patients will come to you thinking that happiness is on the other side of when they hit their goals, when this problem is resolved. And part of the work that I think is so profound and so powerful and empowering when you work with someone is helping them to realize that the potential for happiness and joy and peace and freedom is available to them right now, no matter what's going on in their life. And helping them to tap into that as they make these hard changes in their life, helping them to let go of one thing and replace it with something else, for example, that might be just as nourishing. And again, this is done through all the layers. So for example, when I'm letting go of caffeine, I release my morning coffee, but I replaced it with some nourishing caffeine through chai teas, which I just love the cinnamons and the cloves are so comforting and warming, as well as some other superfood elixirs which I can make and mix with triple milk and water. So it's not like I'm just releasing coffee and then only replacing water, but I'm replacing it with other foods that are very nourishing for my body. And so I have the thought during this time, as I breathe, becomes part of my morning routine, is that I'm really caring for myself. And I feel, even though maybe I feel a little groggy, gritty or raw or not quite as alert as what I usually am, I have the thought that I'm caring for myself now, that it will get better and I'll establish a new baseline. So I'm able to work through it. I feel peaceful in the morning now and content, even though I'm navigating through kind of in my body, it feels a little unknown. It feels a little unsettling because it's even affecting my GI system. So I have to go through a lot of change. Yet, if I focus on the emotional quality of what I might need in the moment, it deepens the connection with myself, my own intuition, and my trust of honoring messages that my body is sending me. Oh, okay. I am feeling a little more fatigued right now. My brain is a little slower to wake up. That's okay. I will give it all the time it needs, and I will support myself in this process. I will lean into the discomfort of the unknown, of what my new baseline might be like, or maybe even the future of bringing back caffeine or not. I can leave it open and trust my intuition to decide for the future. But for now, for at least one month, I'm going to let it go and work through this and nourish myself in the process and feel. Sometimes with, for example, your back house, there can be so many suppressed emotions leading to a lot of tension and an underlying tightness in the body that just never seems to go away, which I call neural tension or tightness. And that's where the anamaya layer and this emotional body layer can work so seamlessly hand in hand when both are addressed. But if you're never talking about it, if you're never getting into the details of what's going on in your client's life day to day, of how they're showing up, what does happen when they get angry and frustrated? Do they just step it down? Or do they have a modality or a process to help work it? And sometimes as physical body practitioners or movement-based practitioners, we think, oh, that's outside my scope or imposter syndrome. Who am I to do that? you have that thought or think that it might be outside of your scope, it's well worth to 
get educated on it. It's why part of the reason why I have so many certifications. I have an NLP certification. I have a hypnotherapy certification. I've done so many yoga trainings, yoga therapy trainings beyond just the physical bodies. I've done breath work trainings. I've done meditation trainings. And this year, I'm doing another coaching certification training. I've done a base level stress reduction training and health coaching training, but now I'm getting into the subconscious mind specifically. So keep learning yourself so you can work through these different crucial layers with your people. This is the work that will lead to the permanent change. It is the work that will help your people bring in those physical body stretches and strengtheners and diet changes more permanent because they'll understand why they sabotage themselves or their schedule so they don't fit it in. Which brings me to the next layer, which is the belief or pattern or really the underlying patterns of maybe what goes on for our own homeostasis or our thought patterns, even the patterns of unconsciously how we show up day to day, moment to moment. So, for example, beliefs are huge here. If the patient or client doesn't believe that they can heal or doesn't believe that they can hit the goals, they'll be less likely to stick with it. They'll be more likely to quit or to choose another pattern that maybe doesn't serve them to their ultimate goal, like going through the discomfort of giving up caffeine and having it feel so uncomfortable and so bad that they actually give themselves a little bit of caffeine, maybe not as much as what they normally drink, but a little bit. So then that derails them because the next day they have to just go through the withdrawal again and they're in the same spot. So if you can help them to believe through education and getting to know their own selves and their own capabilities of what's possible for them, that can help to influence the new underlying nervous system pattern changes and day-to-day, more of the physical body pattern changes or influencing the schedule pattern change. You see, there's so many layers to impact someone's life. And this is why, personally, I worked with people for a long time, typically six months or more, because we want to work through all those patterns. We want to work through beliefs and thought processes, whether that be learned or in their own lifetime or passed down from generations ahead of them. Because if it's never addressed, it's easy to fall back into the old pattern of what got them into the problem in the first place. This is all done with the belief that they can heal. They believe it and feel it in their body. They believe the program will work. Or making these sacrifices or hard changes will benefit them and be there for them every step of the way. So they don't feel like they're left out in the cold to navigate these hard changes by themselves. Which leads us to the last look, helping them to find bliss or contentment, which I brought up before when talking about emotions and feelings, but helping them to feel positive emotions and a sense of contentment, even working through these changes, even though they might not have hit their goal yet, but knowing that where they are is enough, where they are is exactly where they're supposed to be, even if it isn't exactly where they want to be. So for example, when I was going through a lot of my cancer treatments and recovery, it was this process of feeling the suck and knowing that it wasn't ideal and it did suck. 
And at the same time, knowing that I was okay and I would support myself and nourish myself in any way possible and learning how to find moments, maybe not whole days of feeling ecstatic joy, but moments of peace, of calm, of appreciation. Like I remember so many times feeling so much appreciation for my family and friends for supporting me and helping me and Connecting with that and bring moments of happiness into my life. I remember feeling moments of appreciation and gratitude for my healthcare teams that I would have. So appreciative of being diagnosed with Lynch syndrome, which led to my testing and screens, which caught the cancer so early. So there's many ways that I, even though it was an unideal situation, that I could still feel crappy at moments because it wasn't ideal. And even now, a large precancerous polyp was found just a few months ago. So I have to go through further screening, more than normal, the beginning of this year. And it's not ideal. And at times I'm frustrated in that. But it's okay for me to feel that way too, right? There isn't always a silver lining. However, there could be. You don't have to force the silver lining upon yourself. But you can be open to the possibility of more. And for me, that more is just feeling a sense of contentment, peace, and appreciation, even during this. And then when you work through it, on the other side, knowing that you can feel more moments, more moments of happiness and joy and peace and contentment. But the negative emotions and feelings, disappointment, frustration, sadness, grief, they might still always be there too. And that is life, which is why the emotional bodies, especially in terms of physical healing, whether it's gut health, hormones, or pain, is so important. So for a moment, think about yourself as a practitioner. What kind of labels do you identify yourself with as a practitioner? Maybe it's yoga teacher, maybe it's health coach, maybe it's another type of coach, a lifestyle coach, a relationship coach. Maybe you are a healthcare provider, physical therapist, a doctor. What is the most common reason why your clients choose to work with you? What is the result of the goals that they desire to achieve? Now, think of yourself working with these clients. How can you bring these different layers into their world, into their day-to-day? Think about what objections might come up for them and how you can educate and help them and guide them through. What processes can you create to make these changes a little bit more seamless? A little bit easier to navigate. What processes can you create to support them during, and maybe even some deliverables to guide them through, to help them through? What obstacles and roadblocks might come up for yourself? Maybe imposter syndrome, people pleasing, not having a clear thought out framework, or just thinking that you can't do it. And how can you problem solve for those? Spend time doing this. It'll serve your clients to the highest level. And unconsciously, you'll start to bring some of this work into your own life. In fact, I hope you do. Live what you teach. Be the example. It's so beneficial and transformational for your clients to see you transform and evolve and live in the world. Plus, when you do, then you'll be able to problem solve for them and help them so much easier. All of this will create some happy, loyal customers for years if you go back to the client retention podcast, can benefit not only your clients, but you and your business as well. All right, 
the power is in the details for this one. So listen with a clear ear, meaning let your own brain be neutral and clear so you can pick out the nuances of what they're saying and telling you about their day to day or how they feel or their problems. Power is in the details. Watch those. And that'll open the door to working through all these different layers. I will see you in future trainings or next week in the podcast or on the consultation call where I can help you do this for your own people. Okay, bye for now. Hey there. If you're ready to help more people and make more money as a yoga teacher, cash-based physical therapist, healthcare provider, healer, coach, massage therapist, wellness coach, practitioner of the arts, then I invite you to work with me. You assign more clients with ease and then have a reliable process to go on to help more people in a way that will scale your business within the lifestyle you desire. Just book your free consultation with me. Let's have a conversation about how I can help you build your dream with more ease. And of course, thank you so much for being a loyal listener to this very podcast. It means the world to me. In fact, if you love this podcast, share it with a friend who might need to hear its message today and leave a review. This will enable this very podcast to help more people. All right, let's get out there and build your dream and help more people. I'll see you next week. Bye for now.